I was involved in a prison ministry um, for, for many years from about, um, gosh, 2004 to 2016. And um, then when I took on full-time ministry, it was a little too much for me to keep doing. But um, I worked with women um, in prison, first at the Dawson State Penitentiary and then at the Dallas County Jail, um, whose circumstances and lives that had brought them to where they were were sometimes so horrific that it was hard to even imagine a way out. And it used to take a lot of energy for me to do this. I would go, it was a class they were divided into, there could only be a certain number of women at a time. And so I would go usually on a Monday and spend three or four hours, and then on a Thursday and spend three or four hours. So I had a couple of days between basically doing the same class with both groups of women. And the woman that I was working with a lot of the time, um, who had started the program, I just broke down crying in her car one day, and I said, what? You know, I, I leave here and I think, Oh, I sang them some songs, and I taught them some games, and we did some self-esteem activities, and how on earth am I going to be able to help them? And she said, we're not here to fix them. We're here to plant seeds. And then it's God's business when, whether, how they grow and bloom. Ours is to plant the seed. And part of human nature is that we really, 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 really want the outcome to be just what we want it to be. That's the thing about human beings. We want everything to be just like we want it to be. And so this week we're talking, we were talking about the four yogas. Last week we did um, Raja and Janana, the yoga of meditation and mind, of exploring the depths of who we are from the inside. Karma yoga, the third type of yoga, and remember that yoga simply means unity. So the third method to reach unity is a very active method. For those of you who can't sit still, this is a great one. Karma yoga means doing good deeds and releasing the outcomes. Ooh, first part, not so hard. Second part, kind of hard for us to do. What we do is we do whatever we do, whatever we do, we can learn to do it in love and for God, for love, if that's the language you prefer, and then let it go. That is a life lived from the inside out rather than from the outside in. That is us knowing when we go forth what it is we're giving rather than looking around to see what's being received. It's not the easiest way to live, but it kind of is. Because <laughs> it's such a relief not to have to keep taking poll after poll after poll. Checking in with everybody. Am I still doing okay? Am I doing okay? Am I doing okay? Oh, that must have not have been good because it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. Does that, is that the only measure of whether an activity was good? It certainly is not. There's no such thing as a good deed wasted. There's no such thing. So karma is about action and the result of action, what we experience as karma, right? We've heard that term, it's used a lot in, in pop religion, pop psychology, and it's, and it's sort of simplified into tit for tat. You did this, you do a bad thing, bad comes back to you. You do a good thing, good comes back to you. It's much more subtle and complicated than that. 
And in the Hindu religion, of course, it happens over lifetime after lifetime. So you may not see the results of your karma in this lifetime. You may have to wait till the next lifetime to get them, whether they're good or bad. But karma is, every, is the idea that everything we do has a consequence. Everything we do has a consequence. And so the idea is to stop making karma, either good or bad, in karma yoga. It is to simply be in love and not even pay attention to the rest. Can you imagine if you didn't go around with your little scorebook or your report card going, that worked, that didn't work, that worked, that didn't work. I like him, I don't like her. I'm never going to do that again. I mean, I kind of can't imagine it. I can imagine it, but it's not the way I live full time, I can tell you that, for absolute certain. But in the Bhagavad Gita, it says, whatever your action, food or worship, whatever your gift that you give to another, whatever you vow to the work of spirit, lay these offerings before me. What that means is whatever you're doing is not for the person you think you're doing it for. Make it an offering to God. Make it an, make it an offering to the God of your being. And then it won't matter what the results are. The Bhagavad Gita says that. Here's what Jesus said, kind of the same thing. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty? and give you something to drink. When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothes you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And then the king shall reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And y'all, that is the radical message of Jesus, the Christ, who came many, many years after karma yoga, but that's what exactly what he was talking about. This idea that if we are one, the radical message, I think, of Jesus Christ is that we are one. There is no difference between what I do for you and what I do for myself. There is no difference at all because you and I are the same. We are one. We are all one organism. And whatever we do that is good for the organism is good for all. Whatever we do that is bad for the organism is bad for all. We are one. Whew. So, that's a big call. Mother Teresa, who was a Catholic, not a Hindu, even though she was from India, lived a life of karma yoga. She lived a life simply dedicated to doing what she could, where she could, with what she had, in the time she had. Beautiful, beautiful way to live. And she was questioned over and over again, you know, why are you doing this? You cannot stop cholera. And she says, her, her response was often, but I can help this person die in dignity. It's not about stopping cholera. It's not about keeping that person alive. 
It was about giving dignity to another human being, which she understood gave dignity to the human race. And here's another thing about Mother Teresa that you probably don't know. She wasn't particularly happy. In her writings, her own journals, she's constantly writing, God, where are you? I don't even know where you are. I can't find you. I don't feel you. Why have you forsaken me? Kind of like Jesus on the cross. Well, what? I don't get it. And yet her guidance was just to keep doing what she did. So she wasn't getting a result even in her own heart. You know, even if we do a good deed in secret, we still get to go, oh, look at me, look what I did. Right? But what if you do a good deed in secret and even that doesn't feel good? You just have to do it because you know it's yours to do. And so the big question here is ask what is yours to do and then do it. And then do it and practice the release of expectations with anything that you do. So here, here's what I say that is practical for us today, or that made sense to me when I was putting together the sermon anyway, is that not all of us are going to go and go to Calcutta and try to help people with cholera die with dignity. But we all do have a purpose here or we wouldn't be here. It is ours to investigate what that person is and to do it to the best of our ability. So our practice is to do that and then release the outcome. Don't judge your life based on the results of your life. Judge your life based upon the actions of your life. And thoughts are actions. Just sitting and doing nothing is an action. Doing nothing can create karma. If you do nothing when something in you knows you should do something. <laughs> Only you know that. And so a simple way to start this in practice is if you don't know what's, if you know what's yours to do, then you are truly blessed. Keep doing it and keep asking yourself the question, is this still mine to do? And it's not just one thing, y'all. It's a lot of things. I promise you, it's a lot of things. And you can follow your gifts and you'll know a lot about what those things are. What am I good at? What am I called to? What do I, what, what makes me lose myself? What, when I'm so involved in it, makes me forget the time and where I am and whatever else is going on? Those are good clues to what is yours to do. But sometimes it's yours to do and it's not that easy. I have found, I have found, but the practice is whatever it is you are already doing, do it with love. So if I'm unloading the dishwasher, I can unload the dishwasher as a gift of love to the universe, to my family, to put clean dishes in the cabinet. Or I can unload the dishwasher complaining I can unload the dishwasher, noticing all the things that weren't rinsed beforehand and have stuff stuck to them, so now I have to soak them in the sink so I can put them in the dishwasher again. <laughs> Even though I've clearly said many, many, many times, soak this before you put it in the dishwasher because the dishwasher won't take that off. See where I'm going with this? Karma in one direction or karma, whoo, way off in the other direction. Or I can unload the dishwasher and say, you better appreciate that I unloaded this dishwasher. <laughs> Somebody better say thank you. If we can live without the thanks, if we can live without the judgment, 
and say, I'm unloading the dishwasher because right now it seems to me that unloading the dishwasher is mine to do. And let go of any other expectation about that. That's a good way to practice, because tell you what, you're always doing something. You know, walk the dog with love and no expectation. Go to work in the morning with love and no expectation. And we're, we're, we are programmed to receive expectation. It's what we love. We at least need credit. I mean, and it's unconscious. You know, we go to our jobs because hopefully there's something we're good at and we love to do, but we do expect pay. And we like, we expect some respect and we expect a promotion every now and then. We sometimes don't get all of those things, but that can either be a clue that it's not the right job or it can be something that you say, nope, I, my guidance is this is still my right job, so I need to do it because it's mine to do, not because I'm trying to make someone else notice what it is that I'm doing. We, we dress for other people. We make our, why is your yard beautiful? Is it for you to enjoy or is it to be in the most beautiful yard in the neighborhood? I mean, I don't know that the answer to that question, but what if you just work the soil and whatever grows, grows? You plant the seeds, you do the work, and then you leave it all to God. What would that be like? We're, we are programmed to need appreciation. We're programmed, programmed in school, we get grades. I know I, in school, wanted the grade. I didn't care if I learned anything. What I learned was the teacher. I learned what it was he or she wanted from me so that I could give it to them, and I was good at it. I was good at it, and I got A's. Some classes I learned a lot. Some I barely learned anything, except I learned the personality of the teacher and what they expected. Who, what karma was I sending out? To learn for the sake of learning, for the sake of when I know something, all of humanity is a little more learned. I'm not judging myself for who I was in high school or college. I'm just saying we're programmed. We're programmed for reward. And it's okay to be rewarded, and it's okay to enjoy the reward. But we have to start to release enough to understand that it's also okay if we don't get the reward. And to begin to see that the reward is the action itself, given in love. So we practice releasing expectations and we practice de detaching from outcomes and from reactions to outcomes. So, um, because gratifying the ego, the, the uh, Bhagavad Gita says, forges the chains of karma. It chains us. Even if it's only our ego that we're doing it for, we're still chained. So we need to keep a watch on that and start to release expectations and detach from outcomes. In everyday life, I'm telling you, this practice will bring you freedom. Freedom. What if you just do what's yours to do and then you go on and do the next thing and you don't have to look around and say, who noticed that? Or get mad at who didn't. Or start making a list of all of the things you do that that person never notices. Or whatever. Not that I do that at all. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Freedom. Freedom. Release the result. Release the credit. A yogi sees me in all things and all things within me. That means we can no longer use activity as an escape. 
If we really know that, it means that all of our activity can be done either with love or without love. And if we're not making a choice to do it with love, probably we're not doing it with as much love as we could be doing it with. And again, karma yoga doesn't, it's not like a this or that, that you're either meditative or you're active. Meditation is an action. It's both and. All of these things feed one another. And we're all a little bit of all of these paths. But we also do find what our strengths are. There are people who are great at nursing. In my family, I was the one that was great at nursing. If anybody was sick, I would care for them. I would go to the hospital for them, with them. I would get the, the information from the doctor that no one else seemed to be able to answer any questions to when I would ask them. And I would take care of the person. And for a while, I was like, why is it always me? And then it was like, oh, it's always me because it's mine to do. Because not everybody's good at it. And I really learned that from a woman who's one of my dearest friends, who I know has a golden, golden heart, whose mother was sick for years, and she had a very, very hard time. Her sister did most of the caregiving, and she felt guilty about it. But she said, I try, I'm just not good at it. I don't know what to do. I panic. I freeze. I don't know what to do. It's distasteful to me. And, and I got, I really got it that it's some people's to do and it's not other people's to do and there's no judgment in that. Where there doesn't have to be, there's judgment in it and I make judgment in it. So what are you good at and how can you do it in love? So Raja Yoga is about experiencing and knowing peace for others through meditation. Um, Janana Yoga is about taking the learning of who we are inside and then extrapolating that out. If this is truly who I am, then this is truly who everyone else is too. And exploring that fully. And karma yoga is about going out and not just about doing, but about releasing ourselves from the chains of the results of our doing. Thus, you will free yourself from both the good and evil effects of your actions. Offer up everything to me. If your heart is united with me, you will be set free from karma even in this life and come to me at the last. Now, those words could easily have been said by Jesus Christ. If you just took the karma out, I could probably quote it and you would think it didn't come from the Bible. It came from the Bhagavad Gita because here's the deal, guys. Truth is truth, wherever you find it. And my yardstick is, if it's loving, it's truth. If it's not loving, I don't care who said it. It's not truth. So whatever you do, let that be done with love. Tension. 
Allow it to loosen and give it compassion. <clears throat> Neck, I'm sorry you hurt. I can't. So I invite you now with every breath to breathe into that flame and allow it to grow. Allow it to keep on growing until you feel your body filled with light. Shine. 
You are the rays of the sun of all love that shine. And as you shine, imagine that it was not your choice what you shine on. That you're just this shining, shining light, and wherever those rays happen to fall, gets lit up. Because that's who you are. So in this moment, just say yes to that light. Say yes and say, this is enough. To go and to be a light in the world is enough. If your words come, I will enjoy them, but it is mine to shine the light. Can that be reward enough? That is my prayer for myself today and for all of us today. That we realize the light that we are, that we shine it with all of our being, and that we let go of having to decide whether that was good or bad, or who we were to shine on or who we weren't, or what was to be lit and what was not. Just shine. Just shine. And know that every moment that you let a single tiny ray or flame of your light shine, you light up someone else so that they can burn brighter. Do you give thanks for this knowing? Allow it to be and just percolate within our beings over the coming days and weeks.